For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, What the Rabbis Teach About the Ten Tribes. This is part two of the series. The ministry of Yeshua is to gather the exiles of Israel, and he had particular emphasis on gathering the ten tribes. Matthew chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it is written, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, from Isaiah in chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, the land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, or Galilee of the northern kingdom. The people, that is the ten tribes, which sat in darkness, or didn't follow Torah, saw a great light, that is the Messiah. And to them which sat in the region, the shadow of death, that is the exile by the Assyrians, light is sprung up, that is the redemption that comes through Yeshua the Messiah. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, it is written, And Yeshua walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. We are told in the prophet, in Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 and 15, that the God of Israel would send fishermen to gather the exiles of Israel. Therefore, behold, the days come, says the Lord. It will no more be said, The Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives that brought the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he has driven them. And I will bring them again into their own land that I gave unto their fathers. So he's talking about regathering the exiles of Israel. And in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16, he says, Behold, I will send for many fishers. And this is what the commissioning was of the first coming of Yeshua, is he sent out fishermen or his disciples to gather the exiles of Israel. And they will fish for them. You know what happens when you go fishing? Sometimes you catch a fish and sometimes you don't. Fishing isn't going to gather gather all the exiles of Israel. It will catch some, but it's not going to have a full in-gathering. And they will fish for them. And after, after he sends out fishermen, he will send hunters. That's the second coming. And who in the Bible is called a hunter? Nimrod is called a hunter, and Esau is called a hunter. Nimrod represents Babylon, Babylonian system, and Esau is called a hunter. And Esau is personified today by radical 
radical Islam. And the hunters will hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. So we will flee back to the land of Israel because of the things that come upon the earth which are being advanced by radical Islam, which the Bible in the end of days calls fear and terror. The exiles of Israel are called men or Adam. Yeshua said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. This is a reference to the exiles of Israel. We can see from the art scroll of Ezekiel on page 30 and commenting about the book of Ezekiel, it says, throughout the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is called son of man and the nation of Israel is called Adam or man. You Israel are men or Adam. Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 31 and the family of Israel in its entirety are called men or Adam. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 10. Let's summarize these things which we've learned. The ministry of Yeshua was based in the Galilee where the ten tribes were taken captive to communicate his rule to and gather the exiles of Israel. In the Galilee, Yeshua ministered in the city of Capernaum which means the village of comfort because the ingathering of the exiles of Israel is associated in the prophets with Yahweh comforting his people. Yahweh gathers the exiles of Israel by sending fishers who in the first century are the followers of Yeshua who would proclaim his role to ingather the exiles and by the way that's our calling as well and later hunters who as Esau or radical Islam who through fear would cause the exiles to return to the land of Israel in the end of days. In the art scroll of Ezekiel on page 109 we have a commentary regarding Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 4 where Ezekiel laid on his left side and he laid on his right side. Rashi explains that the left or the northern side symbolizes the northern kingdom or Samaria and the right or the southern side the kingdom of Judah. Thus the family of Israel in our verse refers not to the whole congregation of Israel but to the ten tribes of Samaria when Ezekiel lied on his left side. And it says there in Ezekiel 4 that Ezekiel is to lay on his left side and in doing so he's to place the iniquity of the family of Israel upon it and he shall carry their sin. But in speaking about placing the iniquity of the family of Israel upon it and carrying their sin, what appears in the Hebrew is Aleph and Tav in both places. And it's referring to that Aleph and Tav, the iniquity is going to be placed upon Aleph and Tav and Aleph and Tav is going to carry their sin. This speaks of Yeshua who in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 is called the Aleph in the Tav. Revelation chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 it is written, Behold, he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. I am Alpha and Omega which is the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet but in Hebrew it would be I am the Aleph and the Tav. The beginning and the ending says the Lord which is, which was, which is to come which is the definition of Yahweh. So the Alpha and the Omega is Yahweh. He is the Almighty or El Shaddai from Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. Ezekiel who foreshadows the Messiah carried the burden of sin and suffering. This is a symbolic act which he was performing in Ezekiel chapter 4. From the art scroll of Ezekiel in pages 109 and 110 it is written regarding you shall carry their sin. The pain 
and suffering which Ezekiel would endure in the course of 390 days of immobility, Ezekiel in chapter 4 verse 5 and verse 8, would atone for the sins of the people. These are the words in the commentary of Rashi. This comment interprets the verb nasha, the root of tasha in our verse, as to forgive. Indeed, we find such usage in other parts of the Bible, see especially Exodus chapter 34 and verse 7. In the art scroll of Ezekiel on page 110, the commentary continues. Radok, however, renders to Shah not as relating to forgiving, but as bearing the guilt of a sin. See Exodus chapter 28 verses 42 and 43. Harav Breyer interprets the root Nasah in its original sense of carrying, being weighed down by something. The sins of Israel weighed down the prophet. And for further discussion on the concept that the suffering of a righteous man can atone for the sins of the community of Israel, see Appendix 3 of the Art Scroll of Ezekiel. So now we will read from Appendix 3 from the Art Scroll of Ezekiel where it explains that the suffering of a Zadik or a righteous person can atone for the sins of a nation. In commentary to Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 4, an attempt was made to explain how Ezekiel's suffering might serve to atone for the sins of his people. The thesis was advanced that the sight of the Zadik or the righteous agony for which the people had been the cause might inspire them to true repentance. Now we need to understand the principle of community responsibility within the nation of Israel. The idea that the Zadik or the righteous suffers in lieu of the death of all or part of the community is elaborated in Sefer Hasidim or the book of the Hasidim. The passage begins with a discussion of the communal responsibility which rests on the entire nation of Israel. All Israel is responsible one for another. The sin of one is the sin of all. Thus, in his confession on Yom Kippur, the high priest declares, I have sinned together with all Israel. He says this whether or not he personally has sinned. This is in order that people come to feel a sense of love and responsibility for one another and to learn to rebuke one another. Thus, according to Sefer Hasidim or the book of the Hasidim, God's attribute of justice seeks a punishment for the entire community, but is satisfied when it is meted out only to the Zadik or to the righteous individual. Israel is one people. To understand this concept, we must once more revert to the idea which we have discussed throughout the commentary. The essential oneness of the congregation of Israel. See Ezekiel 3.18, Ezekiel 9.4, 14.12, and 18.2. While every individual is created in the image of God and is in himself a miniature world, God's justice can nevertheless address itself to the community of Israel as a whole. And therefore, there is shared guilt among the nation of Israel for the sins of the individuals of the nation of Israel. When the entire community is considered an indivisible unit, then indeed every individual shares guilt for the sins of every other one. Although the Zadik or the righteous cannot be said to have sinned as an individual. Let me say that again. Although the Zadik or the righteous person cannot be said to have sinned as an individual, nevertheless he can be said 
said to have sinned as part of the community. And by the same token, the suffering of the one can be seen as the suffering of the whole. Thus, Ezekiel atones for his people because the communal guilt is assigned by the pain suffered by the community through one of its indivisible components. This is the principle which is communicated for us when it speaks about why Yeshua died on the tree as it relates to in gathering the exiles of Israel in John chapter 11 verses 49 through 52 where it reads in one of them named Caiaphas being the high priest that same year said unto them you know nothing at all nor consider that is expedient for us that one man should die for the nation and that the whole nation perish not it's this principle that a Zadik even though he never sinned can suffer and thus make atonement for the sins of the community or all Israel. This is associated with why Yeshua died on the tree. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua would die or suffer to make atonement for the sins of that nation or Judah. And not for that nation only, not just for Judah, but that also he should gather together in one that is Ephraim and Judah. So this other nation is Ephraim, and together Ephraim and Judah are the children of God scattered abroad. Yeshua is dying on the tree to regather the exiles of Israel, but first he has to suffer pain to atone for the sins of the nation or the people. The same principle is communicated in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us, that is corporate Israel, who knew no sin, that is Yeshua the Messiah individually, that we might be made corporately the righteousness of God in him. He individually is righteous, so in him we as a community can be righteous. The summary of these things that we've learned, the entire nation of Israel are one people and are responsible for each other. The sins of individuals have consequences for the entire nation of Israel. A righteous individual from the nation of Israel can suffer to atone for the sins of the entire nation. And Yeshua died on the tree being a righteous person who suffered for the sins of the nation of Israel to atone for the sins of the nation of Israel. Next, we're going to look at the judgment upon the northern kingdom, which is specifically mentioned and is the subject of the book of Hosea, as well as the restoration of the northern kingdom. Hosea, in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it is written, The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take unto you a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land is committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare him a son. And three children are mentioned in Hosea chapter 1, and the names of these three children are prophetic of the judgment upon the northern kingdom. The first child is Jezreel, which means God will sow or God will scatter. Hosea chapter 1 verse 4, And the Lord said, Call his name Jezreel. In the Torah Anthology to the Twelve Prophets, volume 1, page 15, it explains 
how the Targum, which is a first century commentary on the scriptures, translates Jezreel as being scattered. Call his name Jezreel. Thus means that Hosea prophesied that the future exile of the ten tribes, that they would be scattered among the nations. The second child is named Lo Ruhamah or No Mercy. Hosea chapter 1 verse 6. And she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Lo-Ruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. The third child is called Lo-Ami, or not my people. Hosea chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. Now when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, Call his name Lo-Ami. Lo in Hebrew was not. Am is people. Ami is my people. Call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. In the Torah Anthology of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, page 18, in commenting to Hosea chapter 1 and verse 9, once again, according to the Targum, says Rashi, that this means that the entire generation would be obliterated by merging or assimilating into the nations among whom they are banished. After giving this judgment through the names of these three children, the God of Israel then promises the restoration through the Messiah. Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. Even though he just declared that they were lo ruhama, lo ami, no mercy, not my people, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it will come to pass that in the place where it was said on them, you are not my people. Where is it said that you are not my people? Right here in Hosea 1. That it will be said unto you, you are the sons of the living God. Who is the son of the living God? It is a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah and as part of his redeemed family. John chapter 1 verse 12 it is written, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Then in Hosea chapter 1 verse 11 we're told the role of the Messiah to gather together northern kingdom and southern kingdom. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together, that is the messianic redemption, and appoint themselves one head that is the Messiah, and they shall come up out of the land for this day that the Messiah gathers the exiles of Israel. This is a great day that's called the day of Jezreel. In the Art Scroll to the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, page 13, in commenting about these verses, it says, Unlike the renewal in the era of the Second Temple, when the tribes of Judah and Benjamin formed the majority of the populace, the final redemption will see all the tribes of both the Kingdom of Judah and that of Israel restored to their land. This is the commentary of Radak. And concerning the appointing of themselves one head, they shall all follow the leadership of the Messiah, the descendant of King David. This is what the Targums say, Rashi and Radok. Regarding the day of Jezreel, the commentary reads, All that they will endure will serve as atonement for their many sins and eventually earn them the merit of returning to the land of their fathers. And the word Jezreel, 
seal here is linked to the Hebrew word for seed, which is Zerah, and Rashi renders the day of Jezreel as the day of the gathering of their seed, or in other words, the time of their redemption, that that day will be great. A summary of these things is as follows. The judgment upon the ten tribes for departing from Torah in their restoration is the subject of the book of Hosea. The names of the children born to their marriage of Hosea and Gomer foreshadow the judgment upon the ten tribes. The restoration redemption of the ten tribes comes through the Messiah of Israel, and Yeshua died on the tree to gather the exiles of Israel. In the Art Scroll of Ezekiel, pages 204 and 205, we are told that the ten tribes wandered in the nations and leaving no trace of their identity or communal life. Commenting to Ezekiel chapter 12 verse 4, which reads, And you shall bring out your implements like implements of exile by day before their eyes and go out in the evening before their eyes as an exile exiting. He was to depict two different exiles. The first portrayed aimless wandering without indication of a specific destination, even as the northern kingdom or the ten tribes had been dragged away to unknown places, leaving no trace of communal life. In the Torah Anthology to the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, page 131, referring to Hosea in chapter 7, verse 8, which says, Ephraim has been mingled among the peoples, means that they have been assimilated into the nations, or they became like the nations, they became Gentiles. That's what assimilation means. In the book, A Matter of Return by Raphael Eisenberg on page 137, it says that Ephraim not only was intermingled mingled in the nations, but in doing so became defiled. The Tifereth Israel commentary explains Rabbi Eliezer's opinion that the ten tribes will rejoin the house of Judah in spite of the fact that they have been intermingled and have been defiled. In Hosea chapter 8 verses 11 and 12, we are told that the God of Israel proclaimed judgment upon the northern kingdom because they made altars to sin altars shall be made unto them to sin. Hosea chapter 8 verse 11. Because Ephraim has made many altars to sin, altars shall be made unto him to sin, which is not following Torah. I've written to him the great things of my Torah, but they were counted as a strange thing. We are told in Hosea chapter 9 and verse 3 that Ephraim will eat unclean things in Assyria. They shall not dwell in the Lord's land, but Ephraim shall return to Egypt and they will eat unclean things in Assyria. And it has become convenient for Ephraim to eat unclean things in the countries where he has assimilated unto. In the book, Moses in the Original Torah by Abba Hillel Silver, published in 1961 by the Macmillan Company in New York, it says, two distinct traditions are reflected in the 
historical and legal writings of the Bible. One of the northern kingdom and the other of the southern kingdom. In a sense, Israel and Judah were always two separate peoples. They were never truly united, even during the period of the United Kingdom. They parted completely after the revolution of Jeroboam in the year 933 before the Common Era. These two people shared a common racial origin and many ancestral memories, but their historical experiences from earliest times differed sharply. In the Book of Redemption by Moses Nachmanides, on page 9, he is going to explain that in the return from Babylon, as recorded in the Bible, in Ezra and Nehemiah... Well, that's going to conclude part 2 of the series on the subject, What the Rabbis Teach About the Ten Tribes. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.